Hey, it's Lacey Broussard, and this is the Multi-Orgasmic Mama podcast. From sex and motherhood, birth and relationships, communication and intimacy building, and Taoism and Tantra, we explore topics such as self-care, self-pleasure, body image, jadex, the feminine cycles, creativity in business, and modern spirituality. The Multi-Orgasmic Mama is a place to come for true stories and transformational advice on how to be a mama and a multi-orgasmic woman too. Welcome. Today we have Miss Corey Watson on today. Hey, Corey, how are you doing? I am doing good. Thank you. Awesome. Corey has been in the sex love relationship coaching training with me and I love her so much. She's a dear friend and sister and she has such an incredible story and a lot of the work we do is similar. So Corey, I want you to tell us all about yourself, who you serve, and what you do, and why you're so yeah. awesome. <laughs> well, since your podcast is about mothers, I should start off by saying I'm a, a mother of four uh, kids, three teenagers and one tween, I guess. Uh, they're all really closely spaced. For work, my primary job, I am a uh, myofascial release massage therapist. So I love the human body and fascinated by by anatomy, physiology, movement, and all that stuff. Um, and my newest endeavor, I guess, breaking out into the online world, uh, doing the coaching course with you, is um, being a sexual alchemy coach, actually, for mothers. Mostly burnt out, depressed. <laughs> Not like clinically hugely depressed, but just like burnt out, exhausted mothers uh, wanting to wanting to figure out what it is that they want and uh, just using the energy pretty much of sexual energy to uh, get stuff flowing in their body again to find out what else fills us up besides motherhood. As you know, it can be all consuming at times. Oh yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Well, so. tell us what got you into this work and how you kind of went from being just strictly into massage into this type of work. Well, I guess it, it weaves, the, the two kind of weave together. Um, I started, I actually started massage back when I was 22 for the same reasons that I went back to it is just because I love the human body and how it works. And so I'm definitely in service to the human body. Um, and I got into myofascial release um, in 2000 and 2011, and it's a much slower gentler massage that makes you question what the hell's going on um, because it's not like a typical massage. <laughs> uh, so that, uh, that actually was the key to um, learning how to feel in my body because when you're massage, when you're going through training, obviously we, we practice on one another throughout our seminars and our schooling and stuff. And so you learn how to feel at a deeper level and so I've been, I've been working with that and um, basically changing people's perceptions of what massage is. So that's been a challenge in itself. But what I noticed with clients and whatnot, I do a lot of work in the abdomen and in the pelvic bowl, just more so to um, when people come in with shoulder pain or neck pain or whatever, my, my go-to place is usually the pelvis just to work on. And um, because my own sensitivity in my fingers um, gets tuned into the human body, you could start to feel fascial restrictions. And so many fascial restrictions 
actually on women pull into their vagina. And clearly as a massage therapist, it's out of our scope of practice to go release those. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you, you want to have these conversations with people, but the, the lines between massage and sex are so blurred that we're often leave any conversation of, of the vagina or if it's men with their testicles and their penis, we leave it out of the equation. And so we're working on all parts of the bodies, clearly not, not the genitals and with women, not the breasts. So we leave these ones untouched, untalked about unless the client asks a question or two, which um, happens next to never. Um, everybody's just there for therapeutic. Um, people say, oh, I carry my stress here, but nobody gets specific about what their stress is. So as a body worker, you're left kind of in the dark about what your stress is. And so that stress that they have never fully comes to the surface. Mm, yeah. A lot of women come in with hip pain. Um, and again, you can see that the, re the restrictions aren't on the outside of the hip. It doesn't matter what I do to the, the outside. And, and for me, I was looking for different ways to be like, how can I help people get more in touch with their body? Where do they want to, where do they want to, like, when do they want to talk about their genitals? When do you want to talk about the fact that your vagina is actually probably either too tight or, or not strong enough that all the restrictions, your hips are pulling the ligaments, the tendons and everything without you thinking I'm being creepy massage therapist. Mm -hmm. uh, and what happened parallel to all of this finding out stuff is, is actually with my uh, cervix. When I was 23, I had uh, abnormal pap smears. So I'd gotten uh, done the whole doctor route and had the biopsies and the cryotherapy and everything. And it was horrible. And my cervix was, as they say, in the medical world, friable for, for many years and whatnot, even through my, my pregnancy. So there, there'd always be some bleeding and whatnot. But as I got through more massage, I started to find and research the body-mind connection and emotions with everything. And, and my cervix issue, I went 13 years with a normal pap smear, and then it came back. And it happened, it was all kind of coincidental how it came back. So I knew there was a connection between when I had it at 30, 36 and when I had it at 23. So in the body-mind connection, the cervix is kind of like the window to your sexuality. And I, for myself, needed to deconstruct my sexuality because there was no way I wanted anybody to um, freeze my cervix again or do the leap procedure or cut anything out. So I insisted on those, like, we'll wait and see and I'll go home and I'll work on my body, mind connection. And that's what I did. I mean, I started to like, take a look. I'm like, okay, this is cervix. What are all my sexual beliefs? Like what are, what are, and I started just challenging everything that would come up. And so I was changing different things. I was challenging myself, like, okay, so nude, nude pictures to my guys. So those, like, I never thought, well, why would anybody want to send, like, why would anybody want to send nude pictures of yourself? Like, come on. And then I was like, don't be so judgmental. Why don't you try it first before you <laughs> knock it? <laughs> so I did different things like that. I, I used to be really hesitant to even say the word pussy. Um, so it'd be like, because I've got such a clinical mind, it's always like in clinical terms vagina and penis and testicles, blah, blah, blah. And so there's never any like dirty talk coming out of my mouth or 
sexual talk as far as that. So I, again, I challenged myself. I like would like spend like a long time trying to like compose like a text to be like, not be disgusted with myself, what I was actually writing and then asking myself, why am I disgusted with this? Like, what is, what is so wrong with this? What is this? So, so I kind of went on this other sexual journey, which opened up um, a lot of stuff uh, between me and my partner as well. So I think I went completely off, off there. I'm not really even sure where I lost you. Uh, <laughs> no, I love hearing all of that. That's amazing about how you know you had the abnormal paps and then that kind of led you to be like oh well, how can i heal this without going the doctor route again once it came back that happened yeah. but it hadn't come back thank god <laughs> and it and it, it didn't come back like the first round i did sexuality my pap in six months it came back normal i was yeah. like okay so they're like okay well, we're gonna do another one in six months i'm like okay cool because i'm doing good and then it came back abnormal again and so then i went like to a deeper a deeper level and uh, started uncovering more stuff and, and figuring out where are my emotions? Because my myofascial work, I also know that your emotions are stored in your body. And so I'm like, where are my emotions? And I mean, I did, I found a huge, big, huge um, body mind piece that I had left back actually when my father had passed away when I was 20. And it was almost like when I made the connection of, what I did with my emotions there when I was having sex with my boyfriend at the time and how I just shut everything down and that it was almost like a whole whack of like energy came back to me. So definitely finding that emotional component that I didn't even know at the time that emotions like that sex should be like some big emotional <laughs> connection with right. your partner, I guess. Okay, let's dive into that real quick because I think a lot of people don't understand that how emotions are stored in the body or how that's even scientifically a thing. But in episode 21, um, I talked about releasing guilt and shame from the body. And one way that you can do that is by feeling like recognizing that it's there, uh, then sounding and moving that emotion out through the somatic layer. But that's so huge. <laughs> you know, like it takes a huge understanding of what's <coughs> going on in the body and how that gets stored there. So could you explain that just a little bit, how emotions are stored inside of the body and why or how we can express them and get them out? How they are stored in the body. Um, because you're, you're, your emotional mind, your thinking mind, your rational mind are all connected to your body. And it's not like we can cut open the brain and be like, oh, well, here's where the emotions are. And oh, let's, oh, and here's where my memories are. Those are all stored throughout your tissues, throughout your body. And you see a lot of that in myofascial work um, that as a practitioner, we just facilitate a, um, we're just a facilitator. Basically we put our hands on somebody and get their tissues into this position and emotions and, and our theory, my theory is always like, whatever comes up, comes up. If you feel like crying, you cry. You feel like stretching your arms out, stretch your arms out. It's not a typical massage where you just keep yourself locked on a table. The body actually has a mind of its own. And so 
everything that you're taking in throughout the day is being stored somewhere in you. I mean, you have no idea, but as far as sexual stuff, you do actually take in energy through, through your vagina. I mean, you look out to the animal kingdom and that's how they greet each other. Like, let me stick your, let me stick my nose in your butt to see what's up. Right. <laughs> and, I mean, that's, you, you see a dog greeting. It's because the, the uh, they have all the, their senses back there, their primal senses. So thought about that. but <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, I, I totally look to animals to see like, to find the correlation because we always forget like that we're conditioned to be like not primal anymore. So yeah. <laughs> point that out. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, how can, how can you not then like, yeah, you've got your, you've got your underwear on your pants on your skirt on whatever you think that that's a barrier to the outside energy of the world as you're passing on the street. It's not like you take it in, you take it in as much as you take it in through your eyes and your ears and your nose and, and everything. So it's just another felt sense sense place is what it is yeah okay one more question about massage and then we'll dive into something else that i want to get into but uh do you ever see that there being a time or a place in society where we could actually uh, talk about what's going on in the pelvis and the genitals and the tension and the stress that we hold there because you were just saying obviously the lines are really blurred between um, yeah, you can't do that as a practicing massage therapist. But we also know in the tantra world, there's penis and pussy massage, yoni and lingam massage, and how that can help release stored tension and everything. And I'm just wondering if there's ever going to be like a bridge between the more woo stuff and the science. I would, I would hope so. Like I've noticed, like in this last year, as I'm taking the course, I've gotten much more confident. I mean, I'm still talking in clinical terms. But to be able to explain the connection of like, here's, here's where all the attachment sites for your inner thighs are. They're actually in your vagina. I can't actually reach them. Mm -hmm. Like if you'd like to go home, I'll talk them through. This is, this is what you'll do. Or maybe your partner will help you going super, super slow. But there's, there's parts we can't reach. And I mean, because the vagina is an open, an open space, a person can actually go in and massage them themselves. Mm -hmm. um, and you can actually relieve a lot of pain by doing that. Yeah. And there is like, I learned my myofascial through John Barnes. And so he does have a women's health seminar where you do learn internal massage. It's just the regulating bodies mm -hmm. only, only like I've never heard of a massage regulating body that, gives the green light to, to do vaginal massage. Mostly it's uh, pelvic floor, pelvic floor um, specialists that are doing the internal work that have the green light and the insurance to back them up right. to do that. And then I don't even know how much emotional component they're doing or they're just sticking to the physical ones. So right. hopefully in the future that, yeah, that there'll be like a set of, of therapists that, it's not shameful to go and get a vaginal massage where you can safely, it's not about actually sex or orgasm or anything. It's about releasing stored emotions within your, within your vagina and yeah. tension and, and doing that. that it's not viewed upon as like this shameful, dirty sex. It's actually therapeutic. Exactly. I mean, the first probably 10 times I received 
yoni massage it was super intense because there's so much stuff that came up for me but it was because i had so much to release i had so much emotional baggage stored in there you know it was just yeah uh, but yeah i i don't know how that healing could take place on a wide scale for women you know that would want that but they don't otherwise have access to that kind of healing so it was just yeah. we thought about that the other the other option is like with my partner um sex is as therapeutic for me as it is pleasurable <laughs> like yeah right yeah like i'll be like oh my god like that was actually like far more beneficial the the emotional releases than if i had actually gone and seen my massage therapist because obviously he can take me to a deeper level that i've learned to to go to and to trust him and to to do all that fun stuff yeah and when i get stressed the first place that i notice okay now i'm super sensitive here very very body sensitive and aware but the first place i notice stress is my right right at my right vulva on the right side it starts to tense up <laughs> and Interesting. I, I know and that's how i know i'm like wow okay i really need to chill out right now <laughs> like, i have to slow down because this is the spot like right in my right groin almost uh, all the way to the vulva that that tenses up so yeah i mean i can only imagine how much s stuff is unconsciously stored there uh for women yeah and we just don't yeah. go there but speaking of all of this that clearing out all of this stuff is what really opened me up to becoming multi-orgasmic and that's what i really want to talk to you about today absolutely so that was kind of my journey into it was that I had to clear so much shit first and I had, you know, I did Yoni massage, lots of that. I did JDEG, lots of that. And I had cleared so much junk from my body that I was finally able to start feeling pleasure. And then it was just like it poured in and then pleasure was so easily accessible after that. But I'm curious about your journey into becoming multi-orgasmic. Definitely. I would say clearing out clearing out the junk kind of too and the toxic thoughts or the views or where did I learn this or where did I learn that was, that was big of it. The other part where I like made orgasm irrelevant. Like I made that not the purpose of, of us having sex. Like, okay, we're going to have sex, but it's not, I'm not going to like call it successful if I did or didn't have an orgasm because, um, Quite frankly, I wasn't orgasmic when we first got together. I mean, I felt really small ones filled, but it wasn't, it wasn't anything like it is now. So, so yeah, like make orgasm irrelevant. And um, I took everything that I'd learned in my myofascial about like learning how to feel, like take your foot off the brakes. Um, in our training, we were taught over and over to repeat to yourself, it's safe to feel. And then use your breath work, like just breathe. It's safe to feel and then breathe out. And because I was doing it in a therapeutic setting with all these therapists, um, I was like, okay, well, if I'm going to be here for 12, 12 days doing this, I'm totally going to like let go and I'm not going to try to analyze what they're doing or why they've got that pressure or why they have their hand there. It's like, breathe, 
<laughs> learn how to f- learn to feel. It's okay to feel. It's okay to let go. It's okay to feel. And then I would just wait for even the smallest sensation to come up anywhere, like anywhere at all. And that's in the therapeutic setting. So when it came time to sex, I was like, okay, I'm not going to tell him how to touch me. I'm not going to tell him to go here or to go there because that actually keeps your partner in their head. If you're constantly giving directions, it keeps you in your head and it keeps them in your, their head. And then each time he gets to a place, say where you need him to touch, you've got to start all over the feeling process. Mm-hmm. So if you just, like I would just encourage, I'm like, just touch me whichever way feels good to you. And I'm just going to like pick up different sensations. And, and so that's, that's how it started for me is I let him touch me however he wanted. If, if at one point he hit me something that was annoying, I'd be like, okay. As long as it wasn't like, like for example, my G spot, I don't want anybody to go fast. Like just go super slow. Like because it's right next to my bladder and I don't need a bladder infection. It's more so the only reason (laughs) that this causes more problems. It feels great at the time, but afterwards my body will like reject it and give me a bladder infection to to tell me how pissed off it was. Um, (laughs) But otherwise it was like, okay, just touch me however you want. and I'm just going to feel sensations. And, and he did that. And this level of trust between, between our two bodies, I'll say, because I kept my head out of it (laughs) slowly over time started to build up and I would just focus on whatever sensations if they were they were in my pussy great if if I felt his hand on my back well what's that sensation I feel oh I feel like a little maybe a little like twinge or like an itch or like cool or like oh did that just did that just feel like a trickle of water down my back interesting and then, so it wasn't ever genital focused. It wasn't like I'm waiting for this buildup of orgasm. So, yeah. And mostly it's like the chatty head. The chatty head is, I think, used to get me into trouble all the time. Um, it certainly got me in trouble in massage school because I'd be like, well, what are they doing? Like, how is this working? Like, I wanted to just figure everything out. And so in sex, before. Prior to my current partner, I'd be like, well, what's he doing? Why is he touching me like that? That's dumb. Like, this is stupid. I feel nothing. Like, you're just irritating me. Like, maybe move your hand or like. Yeah. So. Yeah, which is probably why so many, uh, so much advice on sex is you got to drop the goal of it. But it's so true. (laughs) You really just have to drop any expectations and goals of what's going to happen. And that allows for new experiences to happen because if you're expecting it to go one way, then it's probably going to go that way. <laughs> so yeah. if you want a new experience, you have to drop the expectations. Yeah. And it's so much about connection. Like first and foremost, you need to be connected to your own body. Yeah. And he needs, <laughs> and he needs to be connected to his own body, which means you actually have to stop directing him <laughs> because otherwise you pull him out of his body and into his head trying to do the routine that you need because ultimately I think men want to make us happy. We think, we think that it's all about their pleasure, but I think they actually want to make us happy. Oh, absolutely. I totally believe that too. Yeah. They definitely want to make you happy people. Otherwise they wouldn't want to be with you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 
Well, so yeah, I don't, oh, go ahead. I'm wondering if you could kind of lay out in a step-by-step way what a woman could do that's listening to help her open up to becoming multi-orgasmic. Say she's already orgasmic. I know there's some women that are pre-orgasmic, meaning they haven't experienced orgasm yet, but there's kind of a whole slew of things you can do just to get to becoming orgasmic. But once you are, how can we become multi-orgasmic? So let's start there. (laughs) Does that make sense? Oh yeah, for sure. I like step-by-step. Um, I'm not a step-by-step person. <laughs> okay. Well, these are some suggestions. Then. You, you know what? Actually, I, I suggest people, if, if, if they do, is, is actually to practice outside, get yourself ready outside of sex, and learn how to feel in your body before you ever get to the bedroom so that everything you've learned how to feel in your body, um, you can practice whenever you want. And number one, like, yeah, I'm a massage therapist. Get yourself to different massage therapists. <laughs> don't, even, don't even tell them. Like, just tell them where your sore spots are. And then, again, practice the it's okay to let go. And then notice what sensations are coming up as they touch you. Um, of course, I'm all for myofascial because it's so slow that you, it's, you almost have to sit there and wonder, like, what's happening. And it really messes with your, your head at first. So that's a good one. Um, the other one that I love to do um, is I like to engage my five senses, almost like five senses training outside of the bedroom. So, I mean, the best way to do that is to, uh, like, knock one of your senses kind of irrelevant. So I'll, like, go grocery shopping to a super busy place and put in my headphones and listen to music. Um, and then try to navigate your way through that without hearing the clanging of uh, like other customers and stuff. And make sure it's music that you like so that you almost want to dance through the aisles. So that you feel the music from your earphones like flowing through you. But your eyes have to be a little bit more alert because you don't have your ears going on. Mm-hmm. Um, to help with my sense of touch, I like to walk around the house um, with my eyes closed and feel everything. <laughs> and I will uh, fold towels like with my eyes closed so that I have to feel the edges kind of line up to one another and just notice, notice what I feel. Feel the walls or to like move slowly. Can you feel when you're close to an edge? Can you, you not? Like it just changes everything. You want to make it really challenging, put your earphones on and, and close your eyes and walk around the house and <laughs> see, <Wow>. how, <laughs> see, how, see how well you do. Um, I like to smell things. Um, I love to take my partner's clothes and like just every now and then like just take big whiffs of his smell so that I continue to like the smell of him. Yeah, And so I'm always aware of it. So then even if him just walking into a room just will light up my sense of smell. So the, you know, like when you're obviously around a person a lot, you kind of forget what they smell like because it just becomes normal and whatnot. So to consciously always be like getting that smell and then engaging in other smells, like really stop and smell the roses if you're walking by. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so, 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 stop and smell the roses. Um, 
or smell whatever smells appealing to you. If you like essential oils, smell those. Um, and then really like when I really want to engage in a smell is like smell and then think of my pussy at the same time. So I'm bringing the smell all the way through my body and it's an energetic way to, to just keep all the channels open. Um, I do do some breath work. Um, so the, the, the connected breath work that we've learned, which I'm, I don't know if you've taught any of your people, but if not, then people hopefully can go to your page and, <laughs> and uh, the other stuff about learning, I guess the podcast is too short to do that. Um, another one I like to do is what I call lazy meditation. Um, so even any of our, any meditations that are sexual meditations. Um, so like if you have, you have some meditations you put out there, right? Have you, uh, have you done them? As often as no, I give them to my clients. My, oh, okay. My paid coaching clients. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, so sometimes I really didn't actually feel like as part of my self pleasure practice, I really didn't feel like touching myself. Mm-hmm. So I just put the meditation on and I just, listen and then just notice sensations in my body and just listen to somebody directing, directing me, but just giving my, my head permission to like feel and to hear what it is that I need to do and stuff. And um, that's done wonders actually because my ears have become multi-orgasmic <laughs> when I'm with my partner. <laughs> so I'm like, clearly I've been listening to a lot of like sexual uh, meditation stuff because whenever he comes near me to talk, I just feel different waves shoot through me. Wow, um, that's interesting. <laughs> he could talk about the weather, I'm pretty sure, at this point, and I'd be like, I don't even know actually how that happened, but that's, that's been something new in the last year since I've been l- listening to, to the meditations for self, self-pleasure from from Layla or from any other things that I've picked up along the way. So, wow, that's cool. I haven't heard anybody talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) So now it's something new for you to try. Yeah. Yeah. Eargasms. (laughs) This is a new one. Eargasms. Yeah. It, 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 It totally, the first time it happened, I was like, Whoa, I, I mean, I didn't even know that. I didn't know you could become more multi orgasmic actually. It's just, like you said, peel the layers back and, and then peel the just, layers back. It's like you, you realize w- that your natural state is multi-orgasmic. <laughs> like the more conditioning you peel off of you, the more shit you get rid of out of, you know, which is just the conditioning and, and outdated programming and belief systems. You realize that, oh, wow, actually it's just normal to feel orgasmic all the time. that's what I've come to that's that's the truth that I've come to find for myself anyhow is that yeah the clearer I become of the conditioning uh the more accessible pleasure and orgasmic states are and then it just becomes like a a walking vibration of it you know yeah I was um well, I, mean, I was thinking about our interview this morning and I couldn't help but think of like the ocean. Yeah. And when I say like make orgasm irrelevant, like the ocean has such a, 
because that's to me being multi-orgasmic feels like different waves mm-hmm. and strength the waves roll in each time like it's not like every time's going to be the same and it's not like just because that was like giving me orgasms yesterday doesn't mean i mean he can go to that exact same spot i'll be like there's apparently there's nothing there today there's no waves happening but there's waves over here and i thought of like the ocean and how you can go like 10 miles down the road and the waves are completely different based on the based on the weather pattern or what's happening below the surface or the shoreline is it rocky is it sand is there new houses being built and how the waves are always ever changing and for women to understand that that what's multi-orgasmic like for one person doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be multi orgasmic for another person but like just remove the barriers to everything mostly just shut up the chatter in your head like find a mantra say it over and over and over again like mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i love what you said about the about it being different every time because that's been true for me too when i expect or if i'm like oh i want to reach you know different orgasmic states through this route <laughs> and I go and try it and it doesn't work. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> it didn't work today. <laughs> yeah. I guess we're going to have to try something else. Yeah. It, it's also very dependent on my cycle too. You know, it's different times of the month. You're susceptible to uh, different experiences. So you yeah. can't always expect that just because it worked once doesn't mean it's going to happen again because we're women yes. and that's yeah. how women's bodies work. Sorry, men. <laughs> yeah. That, if you got us figured out, you don't and you never will. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that's, that's part of the, the reason I say too, is let him, let him touch you the way that feels good to, to him. So he becomes more confident with your body. Mm-hmm. Like as you go to a massage therapist, you expect them because we're massaging all day that we know what we're doing with the human body and we do, but if you start telling me, like, if I have a client come in and tell me, like, where they need me to massage exactly and what kind of pressure they have, I'm like, this massage is so going to suck for you because I need to stay up in my head to figure out what you want next. And so I'm so concerned about getting it right for you that I forget that I am actually know what I'm doing and I lose the connection to my own body, which means the flow of energy that flows through me to my clients doesn't get to happen because I'm all up in my head trying to be like, okay, well, this person wants this and they want me to do it this way and they, they want this much pressure. And so if this is what we're doing to man, well, no wonder we're not happy in bed. Like let them, let them like build up a confidence with us. Wow. That's and, so good. Yeah. Yeah. I love that correlation. I never thought about that either. <laughs> you can have all sorts of light bulb moments going on. <laughs> Totally guilty of going to the massage therapist and you're like, you have to do, you have to touch this spot. Please get this knot out. Like I can't go another minute with this thing in there, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I've had a few where they've been way more gentle and you know, I wasn't trying to direct to direct anything. And those are definitely the most relaxing. Yeah. So what you're saying is you have to take like everything you've learned in sex and then just like take it to the massage therapist, be like I'm just going to go and whatever happens, happens. <laughs> right? It's like, well, you know, maybe not have orgasms at the, uh, 
at the uh, massage therapist. That's not oh, so. Uh, okay, uh, I have a story to tell. <laughs> I, I would never. I can't believe I'm about to say this on my fucking podcast here, but here it goes. Yes, I had an orgasm, a full body orgasm, getting an abdominal massage like just a few weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't, that poor massage therapist probably had no idea what to think. I was like so embarrassed, but at the same time, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. This is just going to happen, and I can't stop it right now. Yeah, and there's there's sometimes you can't happen. Like I mean, I don't, to my knowledge, I don't know if anybody's had an orgasm, nor do they like make it known to me. But the different sensations that come up in a massage could be like anything. Yeah. My problem with becoming multi-orgasmic is actually at the dentist more than anything. Um, so, <laughs> so, so I have my mouth open for like a long time getting dental work. And usually the dentist, because I've got four children, it's like a day at the spa where I don't have to worry about anybody but myself. But as it so happened that I just would allow myself to just relax. And the longer I just sat there relaxed with the dental dam on and drills and everything going, I'm like, oh, dear God, is that a massage? Is that an orgasm building? And I was like, oh, this isn't good. This is not good. This is not the place where you want your body to start, like, <laughs> releasing to be like, okay, this is not, this is not cool. Um, so there's 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 downfalls to being multi-orgasmic for sure now that totally um, the case of my abdominal massage full body orgasm experience Corey. wow yeah <laughs> oh my god you are the fucking awesome. but it, it, it it's i mean it's rather amusing and i didn't i didn't mean for it to, to happen and uh yeah but it's yeah, it's, and I mean, I've spent my life in a dentist chair where I've always like just like numbed out, like turned off the pain, no feeling because you're going to be sitting there for a few hours. So it's always been like bracing for any sensations. So, <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Yeah, I mean, mine wasn't so much being vocal, but it's like my body just starts moving and it shakes. So it's like you can't stop or control it. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, which, you know what, even if you were on my table and that happened, whether you wanted to call it an orgasm or not, I'd be like, that's great because your body is releasing it's stuff. releasing something, yeah. So, so, so they can call, yeah, so I, I would just be like, whatever, your body's just releasing, it needs to shake, it needs to tremble, it needs to do whatever, and whatever it's releasing, who cares, right? Yeah. Oh my God. And, Yeah that was epic <laughs> thanks for sharing that i'm glad we got to talk about that <laughs> yes orgasms of the dentist it only happened it's only happened like once where it's the big one because now i've been prepared like to go to the dentist but, like this isn't happening again this is <laughs> don't ever tell him <laughs> yeah do not yeah. you might have to find a new dentist <laughs> it is yeah oh, so man. Well, thank you so much. That was awesome. I'm not going to ask you your one tip or trick for becoming a multi-orgasmic mama because I think we covered like at least 20 by now. So, <laughs> Yeah. Just, the other one is just trust. You know what? Actually, there is one other one. Oh, okay. Let's hear it. Lose the, the timeline. Like, get rid of the timeline of I, I want to be multi-orgasmic in six months. I want to be multi-orgasmic 
in a year or like I want it in three months. Like I'm taking this course and it's six weeks long and damn it, I'm going to have my first orgasm by the end of this because the body does not work that way. Yeah. And your mind putting pressure on it makes it go into that, to hiding that much more. And you actually need to track anything, whether it's a business or a pattern of a body, you need several seasons of cycles, right? You don't know a winter pattern of an area until you've lived there for two to three years. Mm. And so there might be a particular pattern with your orgasms and you saying, well, I need to have it in like six weeks is, or like six months, I, I got to be multi-orgasmic. You're going to start to like, be like, well, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? And you put all this pressure on yourself. And so just also lose the timeline when you're, you're there and just trust that inch by inch you get closer to, to getting there and your body does it on its own timeline. Because if my body would have woken up like this in my early twenties, I'm sure I wouldn't be a mother. I never would have gotten married. I never would have done anything. I might've just, you know, gone and had sex for a living and made some, some money because, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I'm actually super, super glad that it didn't wake up until like 37, 38 versus my earlier years because my head's better able to, to deal with it. And um, I also know that a deep connection with my partner is just as important as all the orgasms where when I was younger, I might've just thought, Hey, it's the orgasms. It's not the connection. Right. So, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. That's so important. Yeah. It's been a pleasure to have you on. I appreciate all of your deep wisdom and knowledge of the body. Yeah. <laughs> the awesome stories. Yeah. It should keep people talking. So maybe you'll have more dentist stories <laughs> pop up. <laughs> Perfect. Sure All right. Thanks, Corey. We'll talk to you later. Sounds good. Bye-bye. Bye.